honest with y'all, so growing up, I watched a lot of MTV, so don't do that. Um, but I watched a lot of MTV, and there was this show on MTV called Made, okay? And if you've ever seen it, it was where, I don't know, they took this group of like, they picked one high school person to be made into something they wanted to be. And it could either be like a cheerleader or play an instrument or be a skateboarder, whatever you wanted to be made into. They would then send these professionals to spend like a week with you and somehow you would magically be made into this person or this thing that you wanted to do. And I always thought if there was ever, ever a chance that the creators of Made would ever come to little old Grand Junction, Colorado, and out of every single student that they would ever pick, they somehow would pick me. I don't know why. But I would always think, what would I choose to be made into? And I always came back to the idea of wanting to be made into a singer. You see, um, I thought I was like really good at singing, um, and it's, it's pretty terrible, I gotta admit. And so I thought that I was so good at singing that I had like this angelic voice of an angel that anytime somebody heard me, they were like, ooh, record deal, we gotta give her one. Um, that's not the truth at all, because I quickly found that my dreams of wanting to be on American Idol or The Voice or America's Got Talent were shattered when I played back myself singing. And <laughs> that's real awkward if you've never done that. But um, I used to, like when my mom first got a cell phone, I used to take it and I would go record myself. So I was way younger, <laughs> like 15. And I would be in the bathroom, because that's where the best acoustics are at. And I would record myself singing and then I would bring it to her and I'd say, <laughs> mom, look what you birthed an angel, a voice of an angel. And you know that look that a parent gives you when they don't want to break your heart, but they also don't want to tell you that you're terrible? So my mom would just say, oh, honey, keep trying. You're doing okay. And it was like code for <laughs> do not ever try to pursue this in your entire life because it's not going to end well for you. And so I always wanted to sing. And um, well, here we are not leading worship. So <laughs> it worked out great for me. But um, last week, Pastor Sean had actually started us in this series of spiritual disciplines of how practice makes progress. And tonight I want to focus on the spiritual discipline of worship. And now praise the Lord that he does not care about what your voice sounds like. He cares more about the fact that we are worshiping. And it took me years to finally come to a place where I was like, okay, I will sing out in front of people and I will get over my insecurities and I will worship if that's what God wants. And it's important to know that we're not worshiping for a certain feeling or we're not worshiping in hopes of a certain moment happens. Okay, we worship because God is worthy of it. We raise our hands because God is worth our worship. Now we worship because we have a very real God that we serve. We have a very real God who loves us immensely, but we also worship even if we haven't felt his love yet. Right? We also worship if we believe God is good, but we also worship if we haven't gotten to taste his goodness yet. We worship a God who is eager 
to meet with us, who is just waiting for us to dive into this moment with him. And we worship because we can't do this life on our own, right? This life is hard enough, but we can't face things alone. We can't face going to school every day alone. We can't face the pressure that our parents put on us to try to be the best in sports alone, right? Some of that we cannot face on our own. We can't face our parents' divorce by ourselves. We worship a God who will walk through that with us. We worship because God is in control and we are not. We worship because he is good in all things and he is the creator of all things. We worship as a way to fight. Whether you believe it or not, we are in a very real battle. From the moment you wake up, you are under attack. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Whether you choose to believe it or not, you are in a fight. And the enemy will do absolutely anything he can to take you out. And he will tell you every lie to get you not to raise your hands down here. And he will try to distract you over and over again. And he will try to make you feel embarrassed. And he will try to tell you lies. And he will try to do absolutely anything so you feel uncomfortable in worship. But we also serve a very real God who has defeated the enemy and who will not let him win, right? We worship God because he cares about us. We worship God because he saved us. We worship because yes, while we are in a fight, we serve a God who has won. We worship because when everybody else has walked away, he has stayed. We worship because God is exactly who we need him to be when we need him to be it. But there are also so many different ways that we can worship. And there are so many different ways to show our worship to God, right? Worship is more than just singing. It's what are we giving our time to? What are we giving our hearts to? That's where our worship is. And worship can be in multiple different places, right? It can be here in 4640 or it could be at your house. And these are what I wanna focus on is two disciplines of worship. One is called private worship and one is called corporate worship. Now, private worship is between you and God, nobody else, right? Private worship might look like you worshiping on your way to school with just you and God, or it might look like you and him behind your bedroom with closed doors and you turn on worship music. And y'all, I felt so incredibly awkward when I first tried this. I remember the first time I was like, oh yeah, private worship, okay. I went into my room and I closed the door and I had roommates at the time, so I was like, oh, this is gonna be so weird. And I shut the door and I turned on music and I was like, I don't even know if I'm raising my hands right. I don't know if there's a wrong way to do this. I don't know why I feel awkward, nobody's in here. I feel like I was worshiping to nothing, that I was just worshiping to avoid and it felt uncomfortable. So I decided to still keep trying it. And I decided, you know what, I'm gonna push past my comfort and if this is something that's so important, then I'm gonna try it. And what I learned is that when you strip away the band and you strip away all the singers and you strip away Pastor Joe leading us, I got to experience a God that was personal to me. 
And it's in those moments that I grew to know the Lord on a deeper level. Yes, it's important to worship as all of us are together, but there's also the sweetest joy that comes when it's just you and the Lord. He begins to speak to you. He begins to show you things that maybe you didn't know. And it's not limited to just a couple songs set, right? It's to what we need. And I learned how God speaks to me and I learned how I can hear his voice and it was all in the quiet of my bedroom. And I learned behind closed doors how to fight my battles. And I learned in the sweetest of moments with the Lord of how good he is. Of when the rest of my world was falling apart, he was still there. And I learned what it fully means to seek God and to find him. See, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, when you look for me with all your heart, you will find me. See, God honors when we take time to seek him. He honors that you are setting aside all obligations and choosing to spend time with him out of your day. And it's in the moments of private worship that I figured out who I am, that I could sit there and I could just listen to who God says I am. And it's in those moments of private worship with God that I got to experience who he says he is, that I got to experience what he is as a father, that I got to experience what he is as a friend, and it was all in the private of my bedroom. Spending alone time is something even Jesus did. Luke 5.16 says, but Jesus often went away to be by himself and pray. Jesus needed alone time with God. Jesus is God and he still needed alone time, right? He knew the importance of going to sit with him, to speak to him, to get alone with him, to clear all other distractions and just be with God. And if it's something that Jesus practiced, then it's probably something we should practice as well. And it's in those moments that I saw and I experienced God's goodness. That I saw in those moments when the rest of my world fell apart, when my parents went through one of the nastiest divorces, I could still stand and I could still say, God, you're good. Because I got to experience that just with him. And I got to experience what that looks like being alone with him. And I got to experience that through every trial of my life. He's a God that stays. And he's a God that is with me. And I found those with him. And it's in those moments with God that I began to become comfortable raising my hands in a space like this. And, and I think about it, and in those moments that if we're not comfortable worshiping in our bedroom, why would we be comfortable worshiping out here? Right, if we're not comfortable raising our hands and singing out to a God that deserves all of it, how would we be comfortable here? Right? It starts with private worship, and it starts spending one-on-one -on -one time with God alone. But another way that we can worship, and the other spiritual discipline I want to focus on, is corporate worship. Okay, so just worshiping together. So that's on like a Tuesday night here, or maybe Sunday mornings in big church, when you worship with a multitude of people. Hebrews 10.25 says, and not a and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We are designed and we are built for community. We have to have other people that we do life with, and that's what worship in a corporate setting does, that it encourages us and it builds us up. 
First Thessalonians 5.11 says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. God knew that we need people. He knew that we need community. He knew that we need people to advocate for us, to pray for us, to worship with us, to, to be there for us, to push us out of our comfort zones. He knew we needed that. And worshiping together encourages us. Right? And you look around maybe sometimes when you're down here and you say, man, I see these people going after God and I don't get why. Like why are they worshiping their face off? Because they've got to experience God. Because they've grown to know him on a personal level and they have no other choice but to express gratitude back to him. Psalm 34.3 says, come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. When I see that, when I see people down here worshiping, and when I see people chasing after the presence of God, I want to. And when I see you down on your knees, crying your faces out in worship to God, I want to. It makes me want to push past my, my discomforts. It makes me want to push past the very thing that's holding me back and say, I want that kind of love. I want to experience God like they do. And maybe you've never tried worshiping down here with everybody, right? Maybe you've kind of just, you held back for a little bit. And I get that, I do. And maybe the enemy though has convinced you time and time again that you are not worthy to worship, that you are caught in your sin, that you are just not holy enough or religious enough, or you haven't followed Jesus long enough. And, and you feel the weight of that and you say, who am I to raise my hands down here? Who am I to praise Jesus down here? God doesn't see that. Do not let that be something that holds you back. And those are very real lies that we believe, but we already have a God who has defeated the enemy, so why does he get to speak that to you? You don't have to believe that any longer. And it's in those moments where we feel like I'm kind of embarrassed and I don't really wanna raise my hands, that's when you should. And maybe some of you have been down here and you're like, I feel like this weird tugging on my heart and I want, I wanna raise my hands so bad. And I do, but I just can't do it anyway. Right, push past that, that is God wanting you to worship Him. He wants you to get to experience Him, His goodness, His mercy, His love. He wants you to be able to experience that. And it's in those moments of pushing past our comfort and pushing past and saying, I don't care who sees me. I know I'm uncomfortable, but I'm gonna do it anyway. And I know I have a terrible voice and I'm never gonna be able to be on American Idol, but I'm gonna sing out anyway. And I'm gonna raise my hands anyway because God wants me to and He is worth it. And if God took enough time to create you and to form you and to decide that we needed you on this earth, I think you can take some time to say thank you. And I think we can take time to express our love back. You guys have grace for yourselves though. It took me years to get to this place. It took me years to get to a place where I felt comfortable down here in worship. And it's because I didn't wanna push past the uncomfortable. I didn't wanna push past what was going on in my head. I didn't want to. And I didn't want people to hear me sing. But that's the beauty of discipline. 
right? We try it and we might fail and that's okay, but practice makes progress. How else are we supposed to try it if we just don't even, So I want to invite everybody down and that's what we're gonna do tonight. We're gonna practice and we are gonna try to make this a discipline in our lives. So you guys can come on down. Never run. 
would you just silence everything going on around us and just pull us, tuck us in close to you. Let us feel you. Nothing else matters. No one else around matters. God, this is us and you. And the truth is, is that we are madly in love with you. So if we can express just a little bit of our heart for you tonight. And Jesus being in your presence, there's no better, safer place to be. So we just ask, Holy Spirit, surround us and help us to keep our eyes fixed on you tonight because you're what matters
worship service and you have somebody by your side who's a safety net for you that you walk up here with and God is saying you don't need anybody next to you you got me next to you so his challenge is that whoever you're next to that is usually your safety net he wants you to take a big giant step away from them and step into a place alone with him right now he's calling you to do that tonight so I'm going to give you a minute to think that over and he wants you to know it's you and him you and him it's not you and your best friend or you and your boyfriend or you and your girlfriend or you and your brother or sister or cousin or whoever it's just you and Jesus you get all of us God you get all of us and I will make room for you Do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to. He's still waiting on some of you. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to. So shake up the ground before my tradition and break down the walls for my religion your way is better yes it is your way is better yes shake up the ground before my tradition and break down the walls for my religion your way is
Fresh orders, we need your 
miracle can happen now. A miracle can happen now. Come on, lift your hands. The Spirit of the Lord is here. He's here in this place. The evidence is all around. The Spirit of one thing for us to just kind of talk you into worshiping me. But when the Spirit of the Lord arrives, and it used to be an honor, in an honesty, what the Bible would say, the fear of the Lord, which isn't being afraid of him, but it is being in awe and respect and honor of him in that moment. That he chose to be in this place, in this room, in this moment right now. I just want to take a moment and God, I ask that you would reveal that to us. to feel that awe, that wonder, almost like a pressure, like a, like a fog or a mist in the room. That's Him. For the Spirit of the Lord is here. you to go through this night and miss that. It doesn't matter what we're singing. It doesn't matter what we're playing. It doesn't matter what you're singing. He's here. In the presence of the Father. He's come in the room. Distractions of the world pull you from this moment. Don't let the distractions around you pull you from this moment. Don't let the worries of this world distract you from this moment. He's here.
fill our hearts with your love, your love. Surround us. Your glory.
Sometimes when we worship, we sing lyrics and, you know, it's not quite matching up with where our life looks. So it's okay. Just because you sing the song doesn't mean you're singing it and it's fake. You're still singing with your heart and you're singing it in faith. Maybe right now you're going, my heart is not devoted, adoring of God in the moment. Maybe even God and the Holy Spirit in this moment is bringing to mind things in your heart that you adore more. And that's okay. doesn't mean you got to stop worshiping. It doesn't mean you got to disengage. What it means is God saying, hey, let's work on it. If the words you're singing ain't matching up with the way you're living, let's work on the way you're living because we can't change the words we're singing. We can't change the words to God, you're the one that my heart kind of likes boyfriend's the one I adore. We can't change it to, Jesus, you're the one that I like on Tuesday nights, but not on Friday nights. The words can't change, but our hearts and our lives can change. And that's what Jesus is asking. Not because he wants to ruin your fun, not because he wants to kick whatever else is in your heart out, but he wants to be Lord, King of your heart. On the throne of your heart. One, because that's where he deserves to be for everything he's done for us. He's, no one has done more for you Jesus. But two is the way that we get to live life to the fullest, the life abundant that Jesus talks about. Man, what would you give for some peace in your life right now? With everything going on, the chaos in your mind, the worry in your mind, the stress in your mind, the drama at school or the drama at home, what would you do for just a breath of peace? That's the stuff that Jesus is offering when we put him on the throne of our hearts. 
change our lives to match the words. His peace comes, his joy comes, his love comes, his presence comes. So let's just sing it again and we're not, it's not fake. Let's sing it in faith that our lives will change, not the words. So Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Yes, Lord. Yes, you are. Jesus, Love. 